Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. To start off with, um, I was just going to go through and just remind us of the quote that Josh used um, from A.W. Tozer uh, last week. Which will come around somewhere. Um, and basically, he says, uh, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And it defines not only how we interact and behave with God, but also how that is with other people as well. Um, so it's not just our relationship with God, but how we perceive our relationship with God relates to those around us. And we can kind of bring that out um, with that. So. And I want to just kind of dig into that a little bit in terms of talking about the characteristics of God. You know, you're looking at what do you think of him? How do you relate to him? Um, and it's a bit like I don't know, just picture or a story. You know, you bump into someone at the supermarket that you maybe don't know very well or you haven't seen for a long time. And you try and say hello and you're kind of waving in their face and they don't quite see you. Um, and then they kind of see you just say hello and run off. And you kind of think about that experience, you go, well, that's a bit weird, um, a bit short, a bit dismissive of me. Um, I don't really like that. So you may think that they're mean. That's part of their character. What you didn't know is that they've had a really long day, that they didn't sleep very well last night, um, they had some bad news about the family, and they were just in a bad space. And so the point of this is that when you're looking at a characteristic of God, we're not just going to take one thing or one snapshot and go, okay, that's it. We would need to get the fuller picture. Whenever you're starting a new relationship, uh, when you're having, getting to know new friends, the more and more you spend time with them, the more and more you get to know them, the more you work out what is part of their real character, what is true of who they are, and what is just a fleeting moment um, and what is not true. So that moment when they were mean, when they ignored you, it's not really their character. They're just having a bad day. And the more you get to know someone, the more you can pick apart the fake from the real. And so that's what we're doing as we're going through this series. So, as Josh said, today we're looking at holy. Um, and there we go. So yeah, so as we look at this, um, we're looking at the definition of holy, and when I looked at this, I went to the Bible and said, okay, what's the first point in the scripture where the Hebrew word for holy is used? And it's in Exodus 3, um, but I went to look up what that definition is, and all it said was set apart, separate, kind of something other, um, and I kind of thought, okay, wow, that's a really bleak picture. Um, God is something other, he's over there, he's separate from us, he's untouchable. Um, how, do, how does that relate? You know, what, how do I connect with that? There's other characteristics of God that we can connect with much easier. Um, this holy one can sometimes be a little bit of a, a stumbling block. But in Exodus 3, um, Moses is in the wilderness, he's actually looking after his father-in-law's flock. And this is where he encounters the burning bush. So he sees this bush that's on fire, but the bush is still there. It's not being consumed by the fire. There's just a fire around it. It's a bit weird. Um, and then God kind of calls out of the bush um, and calls Moses to him. And then 
in verse 5, it goes on and it says this part. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So we've got to this point in the story where God is present, he's manifest on this earth, but he's just told Moses to don't come any closer. Moses can't look at him because he is holy. It's the first time that that word is used, and it's exclusively used, this particular word, Kodesh, um, for God, to say he's set apart and he is separate. What I also found fascinating is later in this conversation is also the time when God says, I am. So God comes to Moses and said, hey, I'm separate, I'm different, you know, don't come any closer, take off your sandals. And then he says later, I am, I exist, I be. It's kind of a very broad description, but I'm something else, but I'm here. And so you're kind of left going in this kind of experience, okay, you're telling me that you're different and you want to be kind of apart, but now you're telling me that you're also here. What, what do I do with that? How do I kind of wrestle and reconcile that? Um, in my mind. And so, amongst all this, you kind of think about why now? Why is God declaring his holiness at this point? Um, He's already the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He hasn't had this revelation to them, but he's choosing Moses to just step into this right now. And we see the conversation, and it's about how Moses is going to lead Israel out of Egypt, out of captivity, and towards their land, towards their holy land. Um, And so, as Josh said, we've done our series on the Ten Commandments, um, and this is all about Moses setting up Israel, and you go through Exodus with the Ten Commandments, then we move into Leviticus, the lovely book, but essentially, God just lays down the law. He lays down the Ten Commandments, They get kept in a box. That is holy. Um, He tells them to build a tent. That is holy because he comes once a year to meet with one special guy. Um, And, you know, all these things, the presence of God, the place where God is, is holy. He is holy. But in Leviticus, we come across the purity laws. And this is where that holiness is leading. Because God is separate because we are impure. This started from Genesis, it started from the fall. And, you know, once Adam and Eve disobeyed God's orders, they were cast out of the garden as a consequence of that disobedience. And that caused this separation. And God cannot be in the presence of impurity. He cannot be in the presence of evil. And so we have Leviticus, and it was all about God trying to say, okay, look, come to me. This is how you can get closer. And so he gives all these rules, these rituals about being clean and about being bodily clean so that they too can be clean. Leviticus 19, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly Of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. 
So God is holy, but he is also wanting us to be holy too. In this particular instance, he's talking about Israel, his chosen people. He wants them to be holy. He wants them to also be set apart, to be separate. And so God being holy is not alone his holiness. He's calling us into that. And in Isaiah 42, part of the prophecy, there's a song that's sung, and it says, Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. So Israel's, for years, have been going through all these ritual laws of cleanliness, of purity, just to try and be pure enough or clean enough to be in the presence of God. Then Isaiah just makes this statement in a song. And this is prophesying and leading into where we're coming to today. So you might know where I'm going with this. You could probably tell the answer. Jesus. So as we come into the the New Testament, it's like, okay, how does that holiness transpire in the New Testament today? We're not Israel. What does it mean? What is it it a part of? But also in that prophecy, it says that he will bring justice to the nations. And the word for justice is about judging. It's about making right. So he's going to make right all the nations of the earth. Luke 3 says this, When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So Jesus was being baptised. He was made clean. And as he was made clean the Spirit descended on him in bodily form. So Israel had been trying to be bodily clean, trying to purify their physical bodies for years, and it was never enough. Jesus comes, he was baptised, cleansed in the body, but the Spirit came on him at baptism. I think we've got another... Is there another slide there? Okay. Anyway, contrasting that, you've got those two things. You know, in Isaiah, the prophecy is, my chosen one. And God says, you are my son. Isaiah says, in whom I delight. Luke 3, it says, whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. Isaiah says, I will put my spirit on him. And Luke 3 In a bodily form like a dove, the Spirit came on Jesus. So tying the old to the new, Jesus is that culmination. He's a representation because Jesus was fully human. He was fully God. So he could have the Spirit of God. And like us, we can have the Spirit of God too because in his humanity, the Spirit came on him. And that is true for us too. There we go. That was what I was after. So, Luke 11 goes on. Well, it's not there, okay. 
Luke 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so anyone who asks for this Holy Spirit can receive it because God wants these good things. And that is the, the crux of this holiness. Holiness is not about just being set apart from everyone, set apart from everything. Holiness is being set apart from the evil, being set apart for the bad things, and being obedient to God's word. And we can all be called into that place. And that just doesn't happen by nothing, but it, it happens through faith. Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians, it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So the temple was another place that was deemed holy. But now, through Christ, each one of us is a temple. Each one of us is, each one of us is capable of housing the presence of God. And you know, anyone who tries to tear that down, God has got your back. God will destroy anyone who tries to tear down his temple. And this is the kind of sometimes the harder part of holy, where in that kind of righteousness, in that place, God will do things um, that maybe we don't like or we don't like to associate, but he will do the hard work. He will do the hard things so that we don't have to. And he will just let us be in his presence. Again, Paul says in Colossians, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless. And you stand before him without fault. Holy is part of his character. God is the Holy One. Jesus Christ is the Holy One. We are Holy Ones. As a collective, we are in essence part of that holiness. And sometimes it's translated as the saints. But we get to be a part of that. We get to be in relationship with God. We get to be holy too. And so when we think of God as being holy, we don't think of it as us being separate from him. We look at it as a chance, as an option, as a choice for us to be holy with him. That we can be set apart, we can be different from the things of this world, the bad things that's happening. The enemy comes to steal and destroy, but we need to separate ourselves from that. We need to separate ourselves from the things that are going on that God does not call us into. And as we do that, we can bring ourselves into his presence and into his holiness. So I just want to take a moment now just to kind of mull over that. You know, what is going on? What is it that you need to be separate from? What is it you need to set yourself apart from in your life right now? Because you are called to be holy. God wants you in his life. He wants to have relationship with you. And through Christ, that's possible. All these rituals, all these offerings of the Old Testament, 
that were made to try and have some sort of a semblance of purity that, they could, that Israel could get close to God. We have no need for that. Christ died on the cross. He was the last sacrifice that was needed. So God has already deemed us worthy. He has already said, I forgive everything. I have made you clean. I have made you pure. All you need is faith. By your faith in Christ, for your trust and your belief that you know, God has reconciled himself to you, that he has brought himself closer, you just need to take one step. With Josh's picture of the water on the beach, Israel is wandering the desert, but God has not placed us in a desert. He's placed us on the beach. All we have to do is to take that step into the water, take that step into his spirit to go deep. We don't have to wander for years to find the water to, to go deep. It's just one step. And that's about faith. And it's about making that commitment and going, yes, God, I believe you are. I believe you exist. I believe you are separate to evil. I believe you are separate from the devil. And I want that too. And by your faith, you will become holy. So the band's going to play on. We're going to enter back into some worship. But everyone here has that opportunity. God knows your heart. God knows what you want from your life. If you want that relationship with God, if you want him in your life, if you want to be holy too, if you want to separate yourself from the harsh things, the evil things of this world, and you want God to have your back and to tear down anyone who's trying to tear down that temple, trying to tear you down, then through faith you can have that today. So you can pray in your heart. You can bow your head. You can raise your hands. You can sing a loud song. God knows exactly what you want. He knows what's going on. And he wants you close. But he wants you to want that too. If you don't want it, that's okay if you're not ready. God's still there. He's still got you on the beach. But he's going to leave that door open. He's going to leave that option for you to meet with him. So as we continue to worship, step into his presence. Step into worship. Come and meet him. Be faithful to him and become holy yourself. And this is what the Christians being set apart is. We're not separate from our friends, our colleagues. We are still people there, but we might be separate from some of the behaviours they have or some of the things they do. But God wants to see all of us. He wants all of us to be holy. And he wants you to share that with those around us. That is the gospel. Daz shared that a few weeks ago. Daz Chettle. You know, it's our job as Christians just to tell people about God.
So take a moment, pray, invite God into your life. And we'll continue to sing. When you're ready, you can stand to your feet and worship. Or you can just sit there with your head bowed and take a moment with him and just say, God, I believe, I trust you. I am faithful and I want to be holy. I want to have that relationship with you. I want to be set apart because I want that life eternally in heaven. I don't want to be cast out of the garden. I don't want to be cast out from your presence. I want to be holy. I want to be in heaven and have that eternal relationship with you. Amen.